Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq el and we're broadcasting on WCEB 1450 AM. Now, folks, remember to keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And look for us wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. At Radio Islam USA. All right, I am joined, as always, by the impressive one, Ibrahim Bey. Assalamualaikum. Like uh, and uh, there's something really, uh, uh, really interesting that is taking place right now. Uh, some folks are really excited about it, while others are resisting it. And I alluded to it right before we went to break. And that is uh, Amazon's H2, HQ2. And for some Queens residents, it is not coming without a fight. Right. There is going to be a little bit of a uh, hip hop history lesson in this segment. That's right. You should, if you heard uh, the QB, you should already know. <laughs> <laughs> so Amazon has been de- trying to decide for a long time where they're going to build a new headquarters. Chicago was on the list for a long time. Many others were on the list, got scratched off one by one. Mm-hmm. Um, Virginia. Northern Virginia was like one of the last and biggest candidate people. A lot of the experts zeroed in on this and said, this is going to be the place, right? Mm-hmm. So last minute, Amazon surprises a lot of people and says, we're splitting it between Northern Virginia and uh, New York City, right. specifically in the Queens borough of New York City in a place called, I think it's called Long Island City, yep. which happens to be right next to... Uh, a place called Queens Bridge. Queens Bridge, for those of us who used to listen to, I don't listen that much anymore. No. For, for <laughs> many <laughs> of the uh, famous rappers from New York City were from a, a neighborhood called Queens Bridge. Queens Bridge was the, at one point, I don't know if they've torn down buildings or whatever, but it was the largest housing project in the country. Mm. The second largest was what? Uh, Robert Taylor. Yep, exactly. Until yep. so that was torn down in like the early 2000s, right? Yeah. Uh, Quick so fact, uh, that's where my father's family um, came from, or grew up in. So I, yeah. I, I have vivid memories of going there as a child. Wow. Yep. So Queens Bridge looked a little bit different. It was a kind of lower buildings and a lot of just a lot of buildings scattered in this one area, you know. Robert Taylor was kind of one long strip, right? Yeah, all the way down to 50, yeah. 50, 55th, 54th. Yeah. So a lot of famous rappers came out of Queensbridge, the most famous being, obviously... Say his name. Nas. <laughs> um, also Mob Deep, the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, to go into detail, Mob Deep, only one of them was from Queensbridge. Uh, Prodigy, right? No, Havoc was from Queensbridge. Oh, Prodigy okay. was from a place called Hempstead, which is okay. right next to New York City, but he was kind of, like, welcomed into the the Queensbridge area. He got his pass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so he yeah. basically represented that area yeah. in his music. Um, and it's interesting, which, if so, for someone who was really into this, this music and that uh, sub-genre, of the the music and the culture, even n- not ever having been there, mm-hmm. you still kind of get this mental map of like all the, I can tell you all these different neighborhoods in New York City, and I've I've never even really been there. Yeah, 
um, because they're all rapping about their neighborhood and you know Queens and Brooklyn and mm-hmm. these different neighborhoods within the boroughs yeah. that you can kind of get this mental map of even though you've never even been there yeah this is true the power of uh, hip hop I guess yeah and and you know what and I gotta say that there's no place um, there's no place in the history of hip hop that has that, <clears throat> that that has that type of effect where because New York, you know, yeah, because of the geography being, uh, of New York is being into these yeah, all these different all islands and these boroughs that are yeah. separated by water, and so yeah, mm-hmm. geographically it just forms this very distinct Long Island, Staten Island, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, uh, BK and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, all of them. There's a ha- Harlem where the graf- graffiti culture I think originally started. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're getting a little bit off topic here. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Queensbridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple other notable rappers: uh, Nature, uh, Nature's Cormega, wow. probably one of the most underrated uh, MCs of all time. I've not, I have not heard or thought about Cormega, man. Yeah, it's, it's been a and, minute. Uh, also, Tragedy Gaddafi. He was another one of the famous ones. Yeah. Okay. See, um, he said Ibrahim said you're gonna get a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> and they were known to have much more of a laid back style, kind of like here with Southside rappers in Chicago are known to have a more laid back style. Almost country. West Side rappers are more kind of like in your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Queensbridge rappers were known to have a more laid-back style, kind of a stream-of-consciousness type of rap. Think, well, even though he's not QB, but think Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. That type of... Um, oh, yeah, that reminds me. MC Shan also. Okay. Now, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I used to know my style. I don't listen to the music anymore because I really don't... Think that this is something you know Muslims are supposed to engage in. Mm-hmm. I follow that opinion. Yeah, but uh, definitely part of my it was part of my life at mm-hmm. one time. You know, big yeah. part. So that's why I know all this stuff. I see you, you get to see uh, differing opinions, right? I still listen. I don't. I listen to more. Um, I'm like always in the news now, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of my and, and my daughters. They get on me, right? Because they get in the car and and this MSNBC is on. You know, yeah. and they're like, "Can we? Can we change the channel? <laughs> like, how do you not? How do you not know what? What's you know? How do you not want to know what's going on?" But anyway, but I, I still listen, you know, because I gotta, I, I try to keep current with what is influencing the young people. Mm-hmm. Man, we have really just gone way off. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we bring this to we bring this up to kind of uh, talk about the background of the story which is sure. Queensbridge projects and the identity of that area mm-hmm. um, I think after the recession that happened about a decade ago just like many places in the country yeah. gentrification started in the areas that were surrounding factory the started pro- closing yeah, the, in the yeah. area surrounding the projects so there's this new influx of people who are young and very wealthy living next to uh, you know this historic housing project mm-hmm. so that's kind of the the uh, the backdrop. Now in Long Island City, which is very close, Amazon has announced it's moving its uh, new headquarters. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a big influx of people, highly skilled, uh, high earning people coming in. Average, and, and I, I got to throw this in there. Yeah, it's supposed to be forty thousand expected jobs, 
with an average salary of $150,000. Wow. That's high earning indeed. Yes. High earning um, and probably less uh, cost of living than Manhattan as well. A little bit. Uh, Yeah, but you know what? Here's something to consider. Like the effects of Silicon Valley on real estate in San Francisco. Um, and how that uh, how property values have and rental uh, rates have have skyrocketed mm-hmm. and have contributed to homelessness. Yeah, right. That was one of the things that was on the ballot. Right. They put a tax on Silicon Valley and said you got to give something back. So I would I would estimate that that at some point this is also going to be a concern. How are property values going to change? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we will tackle that. <laughs> there are many, because this is where the real debate happens here. Yeah. So we know what's, you know, the background of the place. We know what's happening now. Amazon is moving in. There's a huge influx of jobs coming. They're going to create a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously going to get a lot of tax breaks. There's, I mean, anywhere, oh, yeah. everyone wants Amazon to come there, right? right? So they incentivize. So they're getting a lot of city and probably state tax breaks. Um, people are asking now, what is Amazon going to do for the low-income residents which uh, who live in the surrounding communities, such as Queensbridge? Right. Are they going to see any of the benefits from this huge corporation coming in? Or are the benefits from Amazon really going to be relegated to you know, uh, wealthy, young, edu- highly educated people. Right, right. And I think um, when it comes to that resistance, uh, of course, this is all this is situated in the same type of environment that we've seen before after recession, after um, after uh, jobs, you know, are, uh, are are gone. After if there any if there's a manufacturing base, you know, factories close. And then there's this kind of a, a rebirth, right? So either buildings are demolished or there's, um, there's a construction boom, uh, which has happened uh, in, uh, which has happened in uh, Long Island City. So one of the things that was mentioned in this one piece uh, I found on The Verge, talked about says, uh, since 2010, uh, there is a construction boom, which has changed the face of Long Island City. And because of that, uh, there's a fear that the uh, that this sudden influx of high salaried Amazon employees uh, entering the neighborhood is going to drastically change life for those who have been there, those lower income uh, residents. You know, will they have a place? Will they be, you know, are is there are their rents going to skyrocket in a way to push them out so that further development uh, can take uh, can take place? You know, because real estate is the it's the last thing that. There's, you know, you can't invent new real estate, right? So what's whatever's there, it becomes more valuable. So, um, so it's 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 a really important question. And there's a, there's an even more fundamental question that's going on here. What's that? The discussion is being elevated to a whole question of capitalism, and should Amazon even is Amazon even obliged to do anything? as a corporation for the people uh, of the surrounding areas? Or is it, is it something that, you know, a corporation just focuses on its own thing and the side effects of it being there, 
such as you know increased property value or, or whatever increased uh, money spending in the surrounding areas that this is enough for you know uh, this is enough benefit to bring to the people this is even a moral discussion going on here now and this is kind of at the core of what I want to talk about mm-hmm. how do we decide who's right right so we've got to look at all of the all of the the pros and cons of Amazon coming there what is Amazon bringing and what is it taking from the area right mm-hmm. so it's bringing all of these jobs it's bringing money that the people ostensibly are going to spend in the surrounding areas sure. it's taking things too like uh, transportation it's going to put an influx of people is going to put stress on an already stressed out transportation system in New York City mm-hmm. um, they're taking tax money in the sense that they're getting these huge incentives right so that's less money that could have been going to uh, services in the, in the in New York City and in New York State. So is Amazon, should they be obligated to, for example, promise jobs to people, promise a certain number of jobs to the people of the surrounding areas, low-income neighborhoods? I'm, I'm a bit, I, I don't think I'm really surprised at my answer on this. Um, but I'll say that we continue to pass responsibility for the people. There's this um, this movement to pass it on to uh, corporations, to private interests. Mm-hmm. When municipalities, whether it's local or state government, uh, find themselves failing. And the state, just like any business or the city, uh, any business, they're always looking at what's their bottom line. You know, how do we continue to bring in more revenue? Uh, so they justify this these tax cuts with the belief that by bringing in Amazon uh, and these 40,000 employees by uh, just their mere presence, that is going to generate income. You know, these 40,000 employees and uh, the building that's going to take place because of their presence, these folks are going to spend money. So they're going to get that sales tax. People are going to uh, surrounding businesses will do better. Uh, so they they see themselves benefiting in a different way. But to go back to your point of those people who are displaced or impacted, what are they owed? I think first they're they're owed something by the governments, uh, the municipality, you know, the, uh, that are supposed to be uh, representing them. Uh, providing services and it's something that uh, that corporations corporations they can take into consideration their impact on the uh, the existing population I think they should but I think the the core of that responsibility it it res, it resides with our our local uh, our local and our state governments right I would have the conversation there first and then move on to the the corporate consideration. Um, I'm a little surprised at myself on that, but I think, <laughs> right, because I'm, I'm certainly not trying to let off, you know, let them off the hook because that's how we, we end up in situations where we got gentrification uh, and the, the existing populations are displaced and they're left with nothing. But I do think it that conversation begins with our local, um, our local and our state governments. Isn't part of the equation the the money and the incentives that the tax breaks basically that Amazon is getting? Yeah. Um, 
is it does it seem like the city any municipality or any state is more concerned with luring these big corporations to the area in order to solve the problem rather than you know directly getting their hands dirty uh and and fixing problems in the school system and healthcare system and so on i don't know yeah i i think that it's pretty apparent that they are more concerned with um it's almost like luring a, those people almost like here. a form of trickle down economics right and it doesn't work trickle down economics is is it has never worked um the fact that you know we're looking at 40,000 high earning jobs uh high paying jobs the average 150 $150,000 you're not going to get 40,000 professionals directly from Long Island uh, Long Island City directly from uh, even the surrounding areas of New York they're going to be a, a whole lot of people who are relocating for those jobs uh this is a, a particular uh skill set so the justification can't be that we're bringing them here because this means jobs for people from, you know, from the surrounding area. So it's it's not it's not a decision that's made with the interest of the people. It's a decision. It's a financial. Um, it's if you're there in a position to serve, if your business is already there, if you are a service provider, that's going to be able to, you know, make a connection with. Uh, you know, with the new headquarters, you'll be okay. But it's not about the people that are there, and that's where you know it's 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 a failing on behalf of uh, you know of, of the state. Yeah. Another question that I don't know the answer to. I don't pretend to know the answer to this. I know the answer. No, I don't. <laughs> I bet you one of our friends who has been on before does though, mm-hmm. um, like Amanda Cass maybe. Okay. The question is about taxes. So. So any big corporation that's moving into an area will be given these tax breaks, right? Mm-hmm. Now, does the city, for example, in a, in the long term, expect to see a payback from that tax break that will be, you know, a, an even greater influx of money into the into the vault in the long term, say over five years or ten years? Say that someone's getting a one billion dollar tax break right now or right. whatever, one hundred million. Does the city expect to see that made up plus more over, say, five or ten years? That I don't know. Um, not being a, uh, an, an economist um, or, you know, like that's not that's not my uh, area of expertise either. But I can say based on prior, like we think about Boeing, when Boeing came here uh, to Chicago mm-hmm. and uh, and they were given tax breaks. Um from what I understand, these things are, uh, they are fixed for a particular amount of time, whether it's 10 years, uh, you know, 5, 10, 15, you know, whatever. There's a particular amount of time that that tax break is going to uh, be in effect. But in the meantime, uh, where that those taxes are not being uh, gained from the particular company, I go back to the ripple effect uh, generated income from uh, businesses, uh, construction, um, you know, whatever, any any ancillary type of uh, uh, businesses that might be involved where they're getting money, you know, not directly, but indirectly. And that may suffice until the time that that tax break is up. It's got to be, you know, they're not in this game to lose money. So right. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that they, they get their money 
they, they're going to get their money at, at some point. So this is this was basically the we need to get Amanda in here. What's up? I said we need to get get Amanda back in here. Yeah, <laughs> but go ahead. Sorry. So the question was basically, which I guess kind of remains unanswered. I have my answer. Yeah. Everyone has their answer, but who's right? Is should someone like Amazon be obligated, or should they feel like a responsibility? So you didn't give your opinion on this. Go ahead. Yeah. What's your opinion? I'm of the opinion that um, well, first of all, corporations always are seeking to be treated like a person, right? Like this an individual. True. Yeah. If if someone was if I was sitting next to someone who was hungry and I was eating a big beautiful tasty meal mm-hmm. I would feel obligated to share it with that person you know right. if they're hungry if they're starving right right um, if corporations want to be treated like individual people they should feel that same sense of moral responsibility um, and that might even need to be legislated in some cases Ooh. If you're in this situation, Amazon is coming and they're going to put stress on the infrastructure and transportation system, right? While and bring all these people in from outside who are making lots of money and who are spending money, and while at the same time there are people living right next to them in the surrounding communities who might not, uh, basically, might not even be welcome there, right? And and that's very troubling. So it makes sense for them to, ha- to, to, for a city to use as part of their incentives package or whatever, say, okay, we'll give you this many dollars in tax breaks. You also have a responsibility to create jobs that are accessible to people in the surrounding areas, a certain number, say, a certain percentage or whatever. That would make a lot of sense to me. I'm obviously not an expert in this area, but it seems like the right thing to do. And it seems not just the right thing to do, but the more practical and more sensible thing to do. Now, having the feeling that you want to share with the person who has less, yeah, right? The person you're eating and this other guy over here has nothing. He's hungry. Now, how much you give him, you could be legislated. Somebody could tell you, okay, you have to give this person 25% of what you have. And you are upset about the fact that you are being told you have to give 25%. When in reality, you may have given that person half of your own, of your own volition, mm. right? So there's a danger in legislating, um, in legislating uh, that. And Yeah, legislation is a strong word. What I meant is it should be... Um, Encouraged, yes. It should be woven into the incentives that are given by cities and states. I agree with that. To say, okay, if you provide X number of jobs, then we take you up a point, right? We, you know, we do something that's in your favor. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. But if you all think, if you also think about the long-term effects of um, of just ignoring particular communities, uh, disinvestment. Uh, that you, you realize that you make those places uh, to uh, in, a, in a large, uh, in a manner of speaking, you make those places in uh, uninhabitable, right? Or a place that those people with the means to move, you know, they do so. And the only people that are left are really those who have the least amount of social capital, uh, who are least likely to be able to advocate for themselves, 
So in a position from, from Amazon or any other corporate entity, from, any, from their position, when they come in and they look in these areas, uh, they see themselves as bringing value. Their mere presence brings value because they're going into areas that may or may not really have anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as, as a part of the pitch, one of the things that they have to do, I would imagine that just like the Olympics, whenever a city wants to be considered to host the Olympics, they have to show not only that they can house uh, the athletes and all of the uh, events, but they also have the infrastructure, the transportation infrastructure that will allow for people to get from point A to point B. Uh, and on the outside of that, you know, it's the cultural attractions and stuff like that uh, where they expect to get tourism dollars. So that infrastructure strain, I think that's going to also play into uh, I, I would expect that maybe there's going to be some development, some some uh, expansion. Another thing is that uh, gentrification yeah. looks great on paper. What do you mean? Meaning, if someone, if some corporation can show that we came into this area and then the property value rose and all these big glass towers started being built, that looks great, right? Yeah. This was a low-income area and it was just a you know a slum type of area before and then now we came and look at it now yeah Uh, looks great on paper but there's hundreds if not thousands of people whose lives are being uh negatively affected by things that doesn't come through when it comes time to pay taxes or just look at statistics you know all the time yeah that's the just the nature of gentrification that it's a selling point. It can be a selling point, but for the people who are living in a certain neighborhood who are now ousted due to rising rent and property value and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, not so good. Yeah, and, and that's why I go back to uh, pointing out the uh, blatant disinvestment that many cities around the uh, country, including you know our own Chicago, uh, th- that exists, uh, and that's that's why when we had on some of the uh, mayoral candidates, one of the questions is, what are you going to do for uh, South and West Side communities that have a historical um, uh, position as being uh, as, as, uh, of being ignored, of being uh, disinvested, you know, uh, of not being invested in, mm-hmm. um, because that same that same tax credit that they that they give to these corporations. How come they can't do that for co-ops? How come they can't do that for small businesses? Um, because if we think about the majority of businesses in the country the ghost are the, small businesses. The trickle-down philosophy is still there. I yeah. think that's why. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to invest directly. They don't want to invest in empowering people. Uh, they want to, And this whole idea of trickle-down is really you're waiting for, you're waiting to get yours. You're waiting in line to get yours. So that's why it, it's a conversation to me that needs to be had with our uh, elected officials, uh, with the, the boards that determine, um, you, you know, these, these tax credits and TIF uh, districts and all of that, and how they are investing into uh, the residents on the ground, right? Because we've got plenty of folks who could, who could run businesses, who could hire folks, who could add to the economy, but they're looked over. And those areas are allowed to to fall into blight um, and, and disrepair. And then, when you get the proper corporate suitor comes along, and you give them everything, 
and these folks are displaced. And now we're having a conversation about what is the corporation's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and sure, they could provide some jobs, but I, th- I don't think we have to get to the point. Do you think it's where more we are an now? issue of the the city or state entities mismanaging things? I, I think it's like it's willful disinvestment. Is willful. I mean, there's no way in the world you could have uh, communities as they are uh, on the south side, on the west side. I mean, going back to the riot, the, uh, the, the riots of '60 was a '68 um, uh, when the, you know, all the, the fires uh, were set, and you still have vacant lots that that have been vacant since the late '60s. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's apparent that, but but at the same time, we have more cranes up in Chicago right now than uh, I think maybe anywhere in the country. I think we have more cranes up in Chicago, but they're not up. <laughs> they're not up uh, on the south. They're not up on the west side. Uh, the type of investment that's needed to keep uh, communities healthy and not fall victim to, you know, uh, having to protest the encroachment of some corporate villain or, or hoping that they make space for you. Um, that type of investment, it, it, it doesn't present itself. So, yeah, conversation for me, it starts with uh, it, it starts with our, our, our local and our state municipalities. How are they spending that money? How are they investing back in their residents? Yeah, that's where I'm at. I acknowledge that, but at the same time, I'm not – I don't want to let someone like Amazon off the hook that easily. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, I want there to be, you know, at the end of the year – when the it's time to pay the IRS, right? Yeah. People look back and say, okay, we have this many deductions based on whatever amount of, like, nonprofit uh, organizations I donated to, for example, you know? Sure. Why couldn't there be a more rigorous uh, examination of a corporation of a certain size, like Amazon or, like, whatever, Coca-Cola or whatever, you know? Yeah. Say, okay... Now, what have you done for you have set up shop in this place in this place and in our country? What have you done for the people in the surrounding communities? you know based on that, you might pay this much many million dollars in tax or this much you know yeah um have that included in a more rigorous a more meaningful and a more um more, in a way that's more interactive with the the surrounding communities to um prevent a negative kind of gentrification from happening and something more productive. I, I agree with that. I, mean, I think a part of the, the, the ethos of, um, of, of, of Muslim engagement with any environment is to leave that space better than you found it. Yes. Um, and in th- that type of uh, thinking, with that logic, if we're treating a corporation as a person, you would, you would also have that expectation uh, to be aware, to be mindful of the of the existing population, right? So, uh, so I don't see anything. Uh, matter of fact, I'm not. I wasn't going to say I don't see anything wrong. No, I'm in agreement with you uh, because that that whole disinvestment uh, piece, that whole thing, that exists. It is as it is, and it may take a sense of corporate responsibility to maybe to lead the way, and and possibly that might spur. Uh, that might spur our, uh, our 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 local and our state governments to to rethink their engagement, uh, th- their idea of stewardship. Because there's also 
this idea of, of, of stewardship, you know, that, that we have to um, manage those under our, our care. So, uh, so I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I'm in agreement. We'll, yeah. we'll see how it, everything pans out once, uh, once the headquarters are completed. And everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. All right, folks. Uh, if you have any particular thoughts on it, uh, get at us on Facebook or Twitter. Right. Let us know uh, what you think. Do you think it's a matter of corporate responsibility or if it is uh, a failing of our elected officials? Our, our local and our state government. Will you be interested to let us know, uh, to hear what you think, excuse me, to hear what you think. So at Radio Islam, let us know. All right, family, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> 